thing is just know that it takes time when you're working with, especially an operations consultant. We come in with our own strategy and how we want to be able to do things, but it's going to take time for it for change to actually happen. Because if you know, you've likely been doing your business for a while, you have a set path and it's like you've trudged it over and over and over again. We can create all the new systems every day that we want, but So hello, hello. Welcome back to the Scale to Grow podcast. So today we are talking about the behind the scenes of working with an operations consultant. And this is obviously one of my favorite topics because it's operations. So I have Sarah Potts with me, who is the founder of Joyfully Organized. And it is a virtual assistant and operations consultancy agency specializing in working with service-based business owners. So Sarah has been at this for just about 10 years and have been working with a lot of creatives and service-based business owners ever since. And somehow she finds time to travel with little ones. I'm so curious about that, but Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm glad you're here. So tell us a bit about your journey and kind of how you got here, because you started off in healthcare. And I did. So I used to be a hospital social worker. So I worked, I got my master's degree and actually started my business while I was working on my master's degree for some flexible employment. And then I became a hospital social worker. And pretty soon after I did, I got burnt out. I didn't last super long just by the demands of the job, both terms of timing and like how long I was there, but also like the content that we were dealing with. And so my business started growing at the same time. And I was realizing in my business, I was using a lot of the same skills as I was as a social worker with helping professionals and business owners create businesses that worked for them so that they were not heading towards burnout. I was like, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the skills that I learned were helpful in this way. So then I started kind of going full-time in my business and really um, drilled down into working with creative business owners and service-based business owners on what does a, like a sustainable business look like and how can we make sure that you don't lean towards burnout? And then a lot of that has to do with the systems and the operations that you have built into your business. Oh my God. So that's actually fascinating that you drew the parallels between social work and actual business development. So how did that come about? Was it just uh, like a volunteer thing that you did? You were just helping someone out or is just like you went in and you're like, no, I know what, what the issue is. Come on. So a couple of different things. I started just uh, a friend had a business at the time when I was in grad school and I was like, yeah, I'll help you. Didn't think they had any parallels at all, but I was like, I can do this remotely, very flexible around my school schedule. And the more I did it, I was like, okay, I really enjoy this. I'm getting burnt out here. I'm going to switch over to my business for now. And it wasn't until about a couple years later that one of my business friends actually pointed out to me, she was like, what you're doing and like kind of how you've transitioned your business, you're using the same skills that you learned as a social worker. And I'll like sit on calls with clients and yeah, we'll talk about this strategy, but we'll also talk about like, where are you overwhelmed in your business and feeling like you don't have any work-life balance and how can we help you get that back? She was like, you're using very similar skills that you learned. And I hadn't actually realized that myself until someone pointed it back at me. That is so crazy. That's so fascinating. That's, that's what it took. So 
How different has it been since you started like 10 years ago to now? Like, has it been the same or has there been slight mods? There have been slight modifications. So I originally started um, kind of when I was in grad school in the beginning, really as a virtual assistant. So doing a lot of admin work for businesses. And then over time, I kind of really got to know the business world better, this, this world that we're working in. And I was like, okay, I really like the systems and operations to growing. And so that's kind of where I started growing my business more. Sure, we do some implementation, but it's really heavily on the systems and operations side of things. And then over time, I realized I didn't want to fall into the same pattern of growing my own business to the sake of being burnt out again. So I was like, how can I make sure that, you know, I'm having a balance in my own business because I want to be able to show up for my clients the best that I can. And so that's when I started building a team to kind of come in and help me so that I feel like I can take those vacations and travel because I have team members that can cover for me when I am out of town or out of the country. That was actually very smart. So for everybody who's like, is what is operations? Like, is it just like the customer service fees? Is it like systems? What is operations? And yeah. what is an operations consultant? I feel like it, everyone has a little bit of their own spin and take on it. But for me, as an operations consultant, I think of it as I'm working closely with business owners to help them optimize their internal processes and systems in their business. So this can be anything from onboarding a client to client delivery to helping with admin, like how are we like organizing documents you're constantly using and contracts and invoices to all the way to like offboarding clients to then how are we like creating a system to market to get in new clients. So any of kind of those internal business related processes and systems is kind of how I define operations. Mm -hmm. So the type of clients that you work with are either like they're starting out or somewhere mid like um, I want to say mid 500 or just mm -hmm. after the 300, 500 almost. Yeah. So we found um, our sweet spot to be kind of like right in that revenue range. And then we've found that that's generally when they've reached a level that they're like, okay, I need to bring in someone else to help. They can generally reach that level by themselves. And then we get them or help them get to that next level. And then at that point is generally when they're actually hiring someone full-time to come into their business and do something more on a full-time basis. Mm -hmm. So setting up a scenario. So when you, so when you walk into a, a business or like do a virtual <laughs> you walk into a business and someone says, okay, I need you to help me. What is like the first thing, like roll up your sleeve? What do I do in that business? So I often ask the question when you wake up in the morning, what is the number one thing that seems to be stressing you out in your business? Because normally it's that one thing that's just hanging over you. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to get this to do. And we could just be a singular to do. And we can talk about that and how that like integrates into your business to a whole process. Like, I know like my client delivery is great. My offboarding is great, but I don't know how to onboard a client efficiently. I feel like I'm all over the place. So whatever it's like that one thing, when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I just, this is stressing me out so much. That's where we dive in. And then after I kind of get in your business, we kind of look at different software you're using, the ways that you're onboarding or offboarding, the way that you're doing some kind of client delivery. That's when it can be like, I can kind of identify some either inefficiencies or things that are also working really well. And we want to make sure we keep. So you've been doing this now for some time. So what's like the... If I was to try to think of like behind the scenes, what's life like for you, like going into a business where like the person's like all over the place and they're like, okay, there's lots of stuff that's broken. I'm pretty sure there's stuff I don't even know about, but here's access to all my drives. Here's access to the system. 
And here are a couple of people that work with me have at it. So what goes on for you, like behind the scenes for you as a consultant that walks in there, have those conversations, figure out, okay, well, I know this is your burning thing. This is the stuff we've worked on. But when you go into it as the behind the scenes, what does that look like on your end with your team? How do you make things work? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So generally, the first thing I like to tell any client is I feel like at least a lot of the clients that come to us, they're like, this is probably the worst business you've ever seen. I've made a mess, all of these things. And I'm like, actually, you're not. Like you were running, I say, if you're hiring us, you're running a successful business, but now you just want to take it to the next level. So like, first of all, give yourself credit for where you've made it so far, because that's impressive. Um, Secondly, we normally go in and I, I like to start small because I feel like sometimes we want to bite off everything at once. Like, let's just fix everything if we're in here. And it's like, no, let's start with one thing at a time because it's a lot easier to both conceptualize, but actually to create a to-do list because then I'm going to need information from you to get going. And if that's too long, you're going to be like, I'm done. Like, (laughs) I surrender. So we start with one type of project and we get that running really well. So whether that's, hey, my emails are taking over my life. Like, let's create a system for tagging things and, you know, creating labels and automating things. Or like if it's your onboarding process, how can we create automation so your contract and your invoices are being sent out? Let's take it one bit by one bit. And then over time, we add on different pieces of your business. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do you measure the ROI? Because when you go through this process, right, there's kind of that that conversation around, okay, well, okay, the the issue is fixed now. So Mm What's that like, you know, most people always say, okay, that checkbox is done. Okay. So what else are you going to be able to do? How do you measure that ROI? Like, what are you tracking? What are some of the things that come up for you when you are engaging with someone who's hired you and you've kind of hit that first goal and you're like, okay, well, these are some of the things, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. I think there's two main ones that we tend to focus on in our business and it kind of depends on the exact client goals. So Some clients are like, I want to scale to that next revenue level. Mm -hmm. So we work a lot on like, how do we create automations or how can we take some of those projects off your plate so that you're not as focused on the back end of your business as much. You're focused more on, you have more time for client delivery, which is going to turn around and bring you more income. So we're looking at, okay, is your revenue level increasing? The other side of our clients is they are, they're happy, at least for the most part with their revenue level, but they're like, this is not sustainable for me as a business because I'm working 7am to 7pm, seven days a week. And then for those clients, it's like, how can we get you back to whatever that time scale during the week that you want to work? So maybe it's just five days a week, or maybe it's four days a week. How can we kind of look at what you're doing and seeing what can be taken off your plate to delegate so that you get back to that work-life balance while keeping that same revenue level? Mm-hmm. So the other question that I have is, when are you doing the changes? Are you actually implementing the changes or are you just um, making recommendations? So we do both, depending on kind of like how clients hire us. Some of the stuff is we can just do a strategy call with you and kind of walk through like, hey, here are the things that we notice um, if you want to hire another virtual assistant or if you need to hire a marketing person. Here's some of the things that we make recommendations on. But a lot of our clients come to us and will engage with us in terms of doing a strategy call with myself. We kind of talk through all of these different areas of your business. And then we offer ongoing monthly support for the actual implementation to make sure things get done on like a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 
In terms of uh, the number one challenge that you've seen, like with business owners, so whether they've hired you or have kind of jumped on a call with you, like what is like the burning issue that you keep seeing with folks that uh, are kind of in the business space that you've worked with? You've been in, you've been around for like almost ten years. Like I'm sure you. <laughs> I seen know. I feel so stuff. old. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, so I think the number one thing that I keep picking up on and I get this as a business owner myself, is that no one's going to do it the way that I'm going to do it. So business owners, they want to keep, and I have like very successful business owners that I work with who still want to send every email out, even if it's just a response email. And I'm like, this is not, yes, like your email might look different than a VA who's writing your email, but that is not the best use of your time. So we can coach people, we can create templates, we can have all of this stuff. But it's okay if it sounds like someone's different is writing them an email back because someone else is writing them an email back. So there's, I think it's a, like a mental thing of like trying to get over, like, this is your business. You've created this. This is your idea, but you're going to have to bring people in to help you grow and to scale. And it's okay if they do things slightly different than you would have. Mm-hmm. In cases like that, so how how likely are they to kind of shift that habit? Or do you typically have to like say, go get a coach? So I think it's both, to be honest. <laughs> Some people, I feel like they are a, like, maybe a little bit more trusting or something like that. They have someone start in the back end of the, their business. So it's not client facing. And they're like, oh, okay, I can actually trust this person. Like this is a good person. I can have them start like doing client facing things. And some people, to be honest, are like, we were out and like, hey, I think someone needs to really coach you through like these issues or these thoughts around like how to scale your business. And there are great business coaches out there. And I think that's the best next step for you because so I can't help you through that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in cases like that, uh, you know, are they typically like just starting out or are you finding like they're more established at that point? I find that those people tend to be like, they're a couple years in their business. So they've, you know, they're making a good chunk of money, but they haven't necessarily delegated yet, or they haven't, if they've delegated, it's just a project here or a project there. It's, they don't have a team member that they've had for a long time. I feel like once you get past that and you have three or five team members, you're used to delegating, you know what that feels like, but that first like hire, that first type of delegation, it's a, it can be a mental challenge for some people. Yeah, no, no, I totally get that. I deal with people all the time where it's like, yeah, but, and I'm like, look, if the company hired, like, you know, in cases of like, when I'm dealing with uh, companies, mm-hmm. like if a company was looking for you to do all the work, they would have hired you, but they hired your team members or they allowed you to hire a bunch of people and paid for them so that they could do the work. You have one job, making sure that they're okay to do what they've got to do. Exactly. I'm like, that's your execution metric. Mm-hmm. It is. So in the case of like an engagement, I know we like when you get started with working with your, with your team, there's that strategy piece you talked about. But when you're talking timelines, how long does this typically take? So, you know, because I see sometimes it's like, you know, we're doing like, a, it's almost like a guy code commercial, <laughs> you know, like. 15 minutes will change your life. Like, no, it won't really. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> what does that typically look like? Yeah. So what I tend to tell people is it, it completely depends, of course, on the back end of your business, but you're probably not really going to see a lot or feel like 
a lot of that relief until at least three months into an engagement, because it takes that much time for me and my team to really understand your business, your backend, how things are working, work on communication between the two of us, kind of do an analysis. So yeah, you'll start seeing some things turning, some changes, but you're really not going to start seeing any benefit or much benefit until that like three month mark. And then after that, after that mark, you're going to see probably a lot of growth, a lot of like more balance, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And like typically, like if you were to even kind of just do a quick reflection, like if you were to look at all the clients you've worked with, what's typically the first thing that changes for them? Is it like, just based on your experience, what's the first thing that typically changes? It's mm, a good question. I feel like for most clients, it's just around that three month mark. We've figured out a rhythm between the two of us. And it's like almost mutual trust that like we know each other, we trust each other. They know when I say that I'm going to get something done. I know when I can expect a response back from them. And then we have like a generally around that three month mark, we have a really good synergy moving back and forth in terms of that. And things tend to work a lot more efficiently at that point. Mm, okay. Okay. So, and you work mostly with service-based business owners. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you worked with product-based business owners as well? We've worked with a couple um, and I'll be honest, like after we've done that, we've kind of realized that like our sweet spot really is because I feel like clearly so many different types of service-based business owners, but a lot of the fundamentals of running a service-based business is very similar versus running a product-based business is completely different in terms of just managing inventory, things of that nature that our specialty really lies in those service-based business owners. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you brought that up because um, it, it does differ. And especially when someone's coming to the table, they have to understand like, you know, no two people are the same in terms of kind of operations, like their specialty, Yeah, but they can certainly support, but uh, you really have to self-identify to see if that's your sweet spot. So what are some of the key, so if you were to like kind of gauge, like we talked about the ROI, but what are some of the key metrics that you use for your clients as part of your operations, like the service that you provide? Yeah, so we kind of generally break down their business into different buckets. So we have like admin type work, like what work are you doing on the admin side of your business? Emails, calendars, like where are you saving documents, things of that nature. A marketing bucket, like how much time are you being the one going in and scheduling your social media, scheduling your emails, newsletters? third bucket being kind of like tech support and like how like are you the one setting up new tech are you the one actually doing these things and the fourth one looking at what systems you already have set up that are automating things and we'll kind of look through all of these four different buckets and be like here are the recommendations we can make in each of these so in emails can we delegate that out can someone really help you with like responding to a lot of emails how can we create canned email responses things of that nature and marketing how can we automate some of this? Or can we bring in a marketing assistant? Like how you don't need to be the one like designing your graphics or creating posts or sending out email newsletters. And so we go through each of these things. And so some of them you might really want to hold on to for now. And that's fine. We'll kind of start in one or the two of the buckets, but we start in one of those kind of areas. And I just segment it out to help people kind of think through those areas of their business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and, and you, so the, the top tier category for you is how can I help you with your goal of either getting time back or to make more money or mm-hmm. both. And, and then based on that, you kind of segment it based on the other buckets, which are like 
what are you doing on the administrative side? What are you doing on the, the system side? What are you doing on the marketing side? Yeah. Okay. So that's that's kind of what you do. So you go across the organization to help them. Okay. And in this case, it sounds like you also do a little bit of support in terms of recommendations for new hires that can help support them. Yeah. So whether that's um, we know like where our lane of expertise is. And so if you're looking, we're like, hey, you really want to build up your SEO. That's not within our wheelhouse. Here are some recommendations we have to like, you know increase your SEO, some consultants in this nature, or you're really looking out to build out a really elaborate marketing strategy, get a lot of people in the door. Here's your person for this thing. Those of that nature, we'll love to refer out to like those experts. Gotcha. Okay. So how do you make sure like the recommendations are at least practical, you know, because sometimes there's a lot of stuff written, but a lot of stuff don't need to be (laughs) like, it doesn't make sense. But how do you make sure that uh, it's practical and sustainable based on the type of business that you're working with? Yeah. So anytime mm-hmm. I'm talking to a client about like, for example, let, we sit down and they're like, I really want to do this and we need to create a system for this. I always love to tie it back to, okay, what are your quarterly goals and what are your yearly goals? Because it's really great that you want this system, but like, is this actually helping you meet goals or is it just something either you think you have to do or something you've always done? And so you're just going to keep doing it. But if it's not actually helping you reach your goals, okay, is this something that still needs to be happening in your business? Or could we table it for a quarter and then determine, hey, this is actually not needed after all, because I want to make sure anything that we're doing or helping whatever your goals are for that quarter and that year, we're helping you reach that next level. And if not, then maybe it's something we can get rid of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is, that's a good way of kind of prioritizing because I think that's really, really important. So is there anything that you can give as like tips, advice, or just to share with the audience on just what to look for in terms of operations consultant? And it doesn't have to be that, but just from your experience, someone who's listening who might be thinking, okay, well, okay. What, what is it about an operations consultant that I might be interested in or that can help them even what making a decision if they want one or need one? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best advice that I can give is kind of, it's going to relate to hiring an operations consultant for your business, but it's early on in your business. If you can start practicing delegating things, because I think it's a practice that we have to get into and hiring an operations consultant, at least from my experience, can be a little overwhelming. Sometimes it's kind of, you might have similar feelings about like maybe hiring an accountant or something like that. You're getting, we're getting a whole view into the entire back end of your business. And so not only are you having to be like, okay, I actually haven't hired someone before, but I'm bringing this person in and I'm letting them see everything I've ever done can feel very overwhelming. So if you have steps to be able to like practice delegation, even for small projects ahead of time to get used to it, that's great. The second thing is just know that it takes time when you're working with, especially an operations consultant. We come in with our own strategy and how we want to be able to do things, but it's going to take time. Unfortunately, fortunately, depending on how much you want to see it for it, for change to actually happen. It's not going to happen overnight, which I know can be frustrating for a lot of people because they're in a situation where they're like, I need help now. And it's like, yes, and we'll get to work, but it's going to take, and what I've seen is it takes about three months to really start seeing it. Mm-hmm. On that kind of note of time, why does it take that time? I know you said trust is a big thing to build, but why does it really take that time? Yeah, absolutely. So it takes time for me and my team to really get in there to see 
what systems you currently have and how things are working and how you're doing things. Make recommendations for where we should change things. Go in and actually make the changes for whatever piece of your business we're working on. And then for you as a business owner to actually go in and then use the new system. Because if you know, you've likely been doing your business for a while, you have a set path and it's like you've trudged it over and over and over again. We can create all the new systems every day that we want, but you're going to have to then start using them. And I've seen several business owners, at least within the first few months, just they're like, I'm going to default back to mine right now because this is overwhelming. And I just need to like, we're talking about client onboarding. Let's, I just need to get this contract and invoice out. I'm going to do it over here. We'll talk about the automation next time or something like that. And it's, it, it is work, but just know that after it, like down the road, things are just going to cycle for you automatically. Yeah, no, I, I love that because I think uh, it's, it's imp- and I'm talking from someone who loves operations and also went into like change management. Mm-hmm. I remember having a, a client that reached out and they had invested a tons and tons of money into new software and nobody used it and nobody wanted to use it. And they kept asking the question, well, why are you guys still using the, the old system? And they said, well, it's faster. And they're like, why do you think it's faster? It's supposed this one's much better. It gives you more information. The reports are better. There's a dashboard. There's all this stuff. They're like, well, we never needed all of that. And and it was just because the person who went in that did the process did not sit with anybody. They didn't. They took all the old stuff. They had anecdotal conversations, and they never actually sat down with folks and really tried to understand why do you do it? How does this work for you? If I move this, will that change X? You know, they didn't do any of that stuff. So when they got into it, they built something around an anecdotal set of procedures. And I hear you smiling and I know you know what I mean. Yes. And anytime we work with teams, I think as much as possible, I want to have any everyone at the table, whether it's a solo business owner or as someone that has a team of people who is working, like whose task is this in your business? And like, what are they doing? I need those people on this call because it's great. Like a business owner can say like, I want to do all of these grand things, but if they're not the one implementing it, their advice is great, but I need to know who's actually doing it and what their problems are. Because oftentimes there's like a disconnect and like, we need to get everyone at the table. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're cycling through contractors and you're cycling through people who are not like, they're, they're not really, they're in your business occasionally, periodically. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's lots of gaps there because there's not continuity, right? So yes, absolutely. Now I totally, totally get that. So Sarah, what's next for you? Yeah. Well, uh, next for me is we are continuing to work with our regular clients who we love And as I mentioned, I'm also working on what does it look like as a balance for a business owner for me. So working on hopefully planning more trips and traveling with my family in addition to running a business. Oh my God, that's lovely. (laughs) And hopefully the next time I talk to you, it's like, oh no, Shauna, I've been to Africa. Yes, right. (laughs) I'll have to let you know. (laughs) Definitely do. Okay, so where can people find you and learn more about you? Yeah, so my website is joyfullyorganized.com. Can learn a lot about us there. And if you want to chat about anything, there's a button to do that as well. Otherwise, we're also on Instagram at Joyfully Organized VA. You know, I should have asked you this question. Where did the name come from? Oh, good question. 
I honestly, <laughs> this is a funny story that really has nothing to do with business. So great funny note to end on. When I was in college, I happened to start a blog with some of my um, friends. We were going to do them. This is back, you know, in 2013. We were like all like, okay, we're going to blog to stay up with each other when we leave college. So I started this random blog. And I just chose a name called Joyfully Organized Chaos. No idea where it came from. I just started it. And then it was just sitting out, sitting there in the ethers of the internet when I decided to start my own business. And I was like, well, I already own this. I don't like the full name. We'll just cut the ending off. And so that's what started. It was actually about three years in when I got branding for my business. And I was like, so do you think I should change this name? Because I just kind of like whipped it up. And she's like, I kind of think it works. So we're just going to keep it. So it's a long story, but yeah. No, and it, I feel like it lines up with your personality so well too. It's like, you're like, so like, like bubbly. And then it's like, and then you could just see that you're such a systematic thinker, like you're so, and logic is just your thing. So I could just see how that just works. So, yeah, so no, no, definitely could see that. Okay, so that makes sense. Okay, well, I'm so glad we got to do this. And just one last question. Was there anything that you wanted to share that I didn't ask you in the interview that you wanted to talk about? I think that for anyone out there, I would just recommend when possible in your business to get, to, if you're looking to scale to the next level, focus on delegating, embrace like different pieces of technology to help you create automations and systems, and then just constantly kind of reevaluate yourself to make sure that what is happening in your business, what you're doing is working for you and where you're at. Okay, awesome. So I'm glad that we got to do this. And thank you again for coming on to the podcast. I'm sure anybody who's listening to this will, they're definitely going to be clear on what is an operations consultant. And if they're in the state that they are looking for someone, definitely check out Sarah and see if she's a good fit for you. Thank you so much. 